Warning, this episode may contain explicit language and spoilers from the entire Reordenburg. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 27 of the damn snack bar. So this episode's going to be fun because it's been a while since I drank before the episode. (laughs) Before, not even like, well, it is during also, but... Well, it's before and during, but we're going to have some fun. Yes. Well, this episode we're covering chapters 7 to 9 of The Battle of the Labyrinth. Um, Love it. Joe, do you want to know what our mashup title is today? So our mashup today is Tyson jailbreaks a dude ranch to scoop poop. Oh my gosh, the cha- the dude ranch chapter where they first arrived. There are so many good jokes, and just just in general, I found that whole chapter just really amusing because it just, especially when they. No, that's in the third one. But they get in the moo-moo trolley. <laughs> it's like they go on the moo-moo train and they get dragged around the dude ranch. I was like, oh, Rick, you were just on something when you wrote these chapters because that's fucking, that's comedy uh, gold. See, and I'm it reading... It wasn't all laugh out loud. It was sort of just like, huh. See, and I'm reading, reading Magnus Chase at the moment. I'm on to the last one. And so we all know that Magnus is one-liners in those in that series are just fantastic and his observations are very Percy-like. So when I came back... He's just bluntly like, no. Yeah, so when I came back to read these three chapters, it's like kind of refreshing for Percy to actually kind of know what's going on and he like kind of gets some of the mythology stuff whereas Magnus is like... I don't know. I I don't know any more than you do. I'm fucking he's lost like, as well. He's like, what is Norse mythology? <laughs> totally not like my family is completely involved in that. <laughs> Just his uncle. His mum was. Like, he, they knew everything about it. His mum did. Oh, did his mum? I mean, like, she was in... All I really remember is that she was really enthusiastic. Whereas Frederick Case is like, Greek gods! Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that Norse shit. Yeah. <laughs> Greek shit. Yeah. One uncle was like, Norse all the way, and the other one was like, great! Yeah. And, and the then... third one was like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, the third nuts. one was like, I just want to go hiking. It was like, can I just go camping? That's all I really remember about her, is that she was really nice. She was described as kind of, like, physically looking like Tinkerbell. And mm-hmm. I was like, lol. That's really funny. <laughs> So, I just pictured thick-ass Tinkerbell in hiking boots going camping, and then that was it, and then she died when he was what? <laughs> he was like 13 or yeah, something. Yeah, 13. Yeah, so he had 13 years of it. So 13 years to learn about Norse mythology, and he still was like, I don't know. <laughs> he still was like, all I know is based on Marvel, because same. Yeah, same. Mm, same. Big same. Yeah. I mean, I knew that, um, I knew before reading the books that the Marvel version of Loki, Thor, Odin oh, yeah. is so, for some of yes. sexy, sexy, but so much weaker. Of course it is. Yeah. They display them like they're mortal men, like it's like Thor, ten- Yeah, because they had to be on par with the rest of the other MCU no. superheroes, whereas they're actually gods. <laughs> they are immortal beings. They are gods. They are, they would- Well, almost immortal. God, he would just blink. He In just, terms of mortal life, they're immortal, but they're um, not. Thor could just blink and he'd solve all of Earth's problems. <laughs> he'd be like, yeah, no. He's Pretty like, much. I don't need the backup of Sexy Steve, but we'll play it down anyway. Sexy Steve. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Sorry, that's all I... Well, yeah, that's all the yeah. information I knew going into Mang's Chase. But it's such a good series. It is. I just like learning about it. 
Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> the freakiest part, though, when they were going to collect the sword in the first place, when it got caught in the um, sea, which is... In the river. In the... No, no, no. It's just so that he's already pulled it out of the river. Pulled the sword out, and then he died, and he dropped the sword when he died, and it landed in the gods, the goddess. In Ren's net. Yeah, in the yeah. net. And he had to go and get her. When they were like, yeah, no, there's a giant serpent that wraps around the world and could crush it if it wakes up. And I was like, what? Hush! <laughs> Hush! <laughs> Who died? <laughs> the world. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that was just like the most shell-shocking thing to me. would be like, Poseidon, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyway. I mean, after Magnus learnt about the fact that they were Greek gods, then he and Annabeth both started to go, like, do all the sea gods just, like, control a portion of the sea? Like, how does that work? Are there different realities that they see? But, like, all kind of in the... Yeah, it's confusing. I prefer to think that they're all the same being. It's just whoever's meeting them, it's whatever they believe in most, is who they become. That's a cool thought. But that that then defines... Defines? That then sort of is being like, well, which being represents which? As in, like, the minor gods kind of things. I think they're all, like, interlocking, interplaying. Like, I think that's how it works. Also, who do you think is more powerful, the Norse or the Greek? I think the Norse. I think their power would be based on who believes in them most. What I mean is, is, like, their range. So... The the Greek gods are only on Earth, whereas the Norse are like, no, we've got different realms and planets and yada yada yada. But the the Greek gods aren't only on Earth, because they're in the stars and in the... Yeah, but... Which is technically a part of the universe, which is what Norse is. My fuck! Let's get back to Percy! (laughs) Yeah, we're going way too far into this. Existential crisis for another day. This is what happens when Joe has a drink. (laughs) Sorry, if we're starting with chapter 7 today, Tyson leads a jailbreak. It starts with the gang trying to escape whatever the fuck is chasing them. (laughs) And they end up uh, moving a boulder out of their path. And they end up not in the labyrinth anymore because they're in a cell in Alcatraz. So this is the first moment we see them out of the labyrinth again. And it's quite confusing at first because they're like, wait, are they they in the real world? Or are they not? But they are. But there's never like, it's like said, but it... Oh, was it confusing? Yeah, it can Whether be. Whether they were in the real world or not? It can be confusing. I just heard they opened... He opened a boulder. Moved a boulder, went through a hole, shut the boulder again. Shut the boulder... Blocked off the entrance again. <laughs> I knew what you meant. It can be confusing, because it's only literally one line that says, no longer in the labyrinth, and if you if your eyes skip over that line, then you'd be still thinking you're in the labyrinth, because oh, it just... can expand to be whatever shape, which we're going to see later on with other characters Ooh. who are certain sons of... Gaia, Gaia, however you say her name. Because mm. that's in the labyrinth. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, they're well, in Alcatraz cell. Just because Annabeth said she was like, this is San Francisco, this is Alcatraz, I've lived here for ages. And I was like, okay, so I guess they're out of the labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, but like, you think about it, if you're like a young person who's actually, you know, the age that you're, they're supposed to be when they're reading these books, which is what? 14. Or even younger. 12. <laughs> 10 year olds. Yeah, so like it could be confusing. Twenty and twenty-two over here. If you're not running a podcast where you literally dissect every single line and every single word, it might be confusing. Hey, Rick is grateful for us. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they break out of the Alcatraz cell uh, and they come across a hundred-handed one who's being tormented by the monstrous Campy. They help him escape, oh, and is then that how you say it? Yes. 
was I say? You know, I not know. that. <laughs> they help Braries escape uh, by evading Campy's attacks, and then Tyson, you know, sacrifices his himself basically. And then, but then he doesn't because he makes it back into the labyrinth. And yeah. then, yeah, they kind of seal her off, and he she's... just holds her off until he gets yeah. there. He, he offers himself as a, up as, like, a distraction. So. Yeah. Good old Tyson. Can doing I just the most. say, straight up, for Campy's description, what a yeah. putsy name. <laughs> that doesn't sound threatening It might be Campy, because it's got that little that little thing over the E. Yeah. Is it a line or a dash? No, it's that little uh, upwards arrow. Oh, okay. Either way, that's not a very fear-enticing name <laughs> compared to what she... Is described as. Oh, nope, never mind. It's supposed to be Compa. I'm going to keep saying Campy because that sounds stupid. Yeah, I don't like that either. No, A doesn't make that sound. Yes. Yeah, well, it does, but not after being followed by a K. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope, it's Campy. There's an O on the end of it because it's spelled K A M P E. I could, I could get on board with Camper. <laughs> Camper. Because it's got the little thing over the E. No, we're going with Campy. <laughs> okay, so. Campy or Campy? We're going to go with either one of those. Starjet. Starjet. <laughs> the micro oh. Yes, the micro wave. Right, so yes. Basically, this chapter just starts with them running away from whatever was chasing them. Which so the cliffhanger that we got... find out what it was. Yeah, the cliffhanger that we got from the last chapter... <laughs> Rick was like, I just need an ending to this chapter. <laughs> I think we do come across whatever was chasing them later. Like, I think we? I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. Otherwise, why would you put that in there? Like I said, he was like, we just need something fun to end this chapter on. No, if memory serves, it, whatever it was, we meet them again. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Turns out it's just Janus. <laughs> Choose! <laughs> Come back! <laughs> so yeah, Tyson uses all of his strength. They, you know, run down whatever corridors and then Tyson pushes the little, little boulder out of the way and then closes it behind them. And then the creature wails and is like, ah, because they escaped it. And then Percy goes, we trapped it. And Grover goes, oh, we trapped us because this is a weird And he was like, don't put that out of the universe. So yeah, then it turns out they're in a cell in uh, Alcatraz. The power of positive thinking. Yeah, people don't know Alcatraz is a prison that's on an island in the San Francisco Bay uh, that is literally inescapable. Like you have to, you can't swim away from, even if you could you know, get out of the prison, whatever, you can't swim away from the island. It's just a museum now, though. Yes, it is just a museum now. And it, um, a lot of people thought that it closed because three people just, um, kind of disappeared. Oh. Um, but then the people who were running it covered it up going, no, we didn't close it for this reason. This decision has been in the works for years. We closed it because it's too expensive to keep operating, not because three people disappeared. Totally not because three people (laughs) disappeared. (laughs) My God. Yeah. That's concerning. <laughs> Excuse me. Like, sure, it was like, what, 60 years ago? But So now they just run tours. Which oh, great! Our parents had been on one of those tours, and they... they really enjoyed it. They had a lot of fun. The, so the, when they went, the story that mum told me was that they didn't realise they had to buy tickets. Dumb. Of course you had to buy tickets. Buy tickets. So they were told by a local mm. that even if you don't have a ticket, if you wake up early enough and go down to the docks... They let on a certain number of people on the day, but you have to be first in line because it's not very many yeah. on the day tickets that you can get. So they woke up at five o'clock in the morning. No, they woke up before five o'clock so that they could say. be on the docks at five o'clock in the morning so late. that they could be, and they were the first in line to Good get um, tickets, but Alcatraz didn't open till like eight, o'clock, eight or nine o'clock or something. So That's like too, the tours weren't opening until eight or nine o'clock. And so they were waiting on, their, waiting on the whatever, dock or whatever, for 
the two all had to come round, and Mum goes... Real question. When did the next people show up? <laughs> well, this, see, this is the thing, because Mum goes, oh, yeah, it was lucky that we woke up at 5 o'clock because the people who were in line behind us came at 5.15. Oh, my God! <laughs> I was like, fucking tourists? What the hell? <laughs> I am really jealous, though, because... What is Mum this bought a holiday? Who wakes up at 5? <laughs> I'm really jealous because Mum bought a T-shirt that I really want from there. It was a really... It's a funny T-shirt. It's really cool. I've probably seen it. Yeah, it just says... It, in like a 70s kind of hippie like that 70s show kind of font yeah. on the shirt it's got a little uh, decal of a shark fin sticking out of the water and then underneath it just says Alcatraz swim team and I'm like I um, want I want so yeah now Alcatraz just runs uh, you know tourist yeah. t- tours I mean <laughs> tourist tours <laughs> and so obviously perfect place for Campy and Brerys to have been resurrected from yeah. Tartarus into the mortal cell. realm yeah. in, yeah, a jail cell that held, you know, top security prisoners for yeah. 30 years. What kind of prisoners were held in there? Oh, just, it was just a federal prison. Okay. So, like, not, I don't think necessarily so the only the, the elite worst. popular kids got to go to Alcatraz. I haven't done the tour, Joe, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so before they can go in and see who's talking, they basically just hear someone talking a really foreign language, and Tyson's having a little dramatic spaz over in the corner going, like, oh my god, I understand everything. He's, he's fangirling. He's like, oh my god! He's like fangirling, but it's like worried fangirling. <laughs> and the others are going, what? Can you understand them? Can you hear them? And then he starts to do the creepy translating thing, and Annabeth's like physically like shuddering away from him, because she's like, oh, it's so creepy, I hate like, it. He's possessed. Demon. Yeah. So basically we find out that uh, it's Campy and Brary. So Campy is say, we've got really to, we're about fun. to get two information backstories. Yes, Joe, do you want to give Rick's description of Campy I will give physically? It. Like, what does she look like? What does she look like? Okay, let's start this. Her bottom half is a black, sleek dragon with wings that fold into her sides, and her legs also sprout a bunch of snakes, and it kind of looks like she's constantly walking through seaweed. Mm-hmm. That's how dense it is. Mm-hmm. Her upper body half is, I think it's a female. I don't know. He's yes. like, always just talked about her bottom half. So I was like, that doesn't sound <laughs> right. Bad bottom girls, you make the rockin' world go round. <laughs> anyway. That song was written for kids. Yeah. Her top half is a woman, and her head is also, um, like her hair, the hair on top of her head mm-hmm. is also like snakes, kind of like Medusa, but she doesn't yep. have... The petrifying ability no. that yes. the user has. Anyway, her middle section, the part where the female and the dragon morphs together, mm-hmm. is some kind of weird chemical explosion. <laughs> it's it's bubbling tissue and it morphs and shifts and changes. Mm-hmm. And it's Rick describes that randomly heads of animals will pop out and yep. bite stuff like the air and yes. then just morph back into her skin. So yes. stuff like Lions and bears and um, lions, tigers, bears. Oh my! <laughs> yes, all three of those, <laughs> and more, and wolves, yep. and any kind of predator will morph out and you know mm-hmm. make threatening, snapping noises, and then morph back in. And it's really yeah. weird. Anyway, that's how she's described. Also, that she carries poisonous swords. Yeah. Where she puts them, I don't know. Is it strapped to her back, her arms, her legs? She does, like, the hella thing where they, like, come out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, sick! Anyway. But, yeah. That's, Pulls them out of the ether. That's what she looks like. And, honestly, when I was reading this, my first... 
how I like actually pictured how she was built is you know Monsters University. <gasps> yes, yes, thank you. Yes, yes Monsters yes. University. The princi- I literally have that note. <laughs> yeah, the principal. I'm like her body looks like she's built like that. That's just what I think of. That. So imagine I'm at like this. If you're going into my imagination and Kate's apparently, yeah. uh, it's Monsters University, but she hard has, scrabble. Yeah, horns. Yeah, but she or whatever has, it is. I think it is horns scrabble. Yeah. Nah. Anyway, with snake hair. Yes. Pretty much, that's what I thought. A flying insect thing. Yeah. Yeah. Really terrifying. Weird. Yeah. And so, Show me in the face. It's fucking terrifying. Terrifying. Anyway, so that's what I pictured, and then on top of that, I pictured it kind of like she wears like a belt that mm. morphs. It's mm-hmm. not actually her skin. That's just what my brain. Like a Batman utility belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> random animal. Or like a Bud Light utility belt. It also fly. Any kind of like big belt with like a Texan style buckle on it is kind nice. of what I nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I actually like Rick's description of her much better than how it's explained in mythology. Like the constant, just the particular constant changing of her waistline, how it just morphs um, yeah. between animals. Because in actual I'm description, to, she has like... fifty heads connected to her waistline, which no, is I just like, like impossible. And I'm like, well, you it'd, know, be like that, a, it'd be not, like a hula skirt. That's, that's not heads. to say that a woman with the dragon's leg body is possible. <laughs> like, <laughs> this seems more plausible for her waistline to like morph than it does for her literally have fifty heads sticking out of her waistline. Because otherwise, My how big is she, or how small skirt. are these heads if she's got fifty? They would have to be very small heads, or she'd have to be fucking huge. Like, <laughs> oh, I already think she's huge. Yeah. No offense, can't be. We're here with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but like, she, if the heads were no, yeah, if the heads were normal size, she would have to be gigantic to have fifty of them. Yeah. Also, can you name fifty predators? But also, <laughs> the people, the the people, the beings that she's in charge of, that she's the the warden of. So the hundred-handed ones and the elder cyclops are yeah. supposed to be the size of mountains to hold up the sky. So. She stands to reason to that she would be as big as them. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it could make sense. Yeah, okay, but at the moment... But in proportion to the rest of her, tiny yeah. heads. Yeah. <laughs> tiny head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, like, at the... It, it wouldn't work. Maybe it changes when she goes into mountain size, and instead of Maybe. it being bubbling and morphing it... But because she's yeah. tiny, or just slightly bigger than human size, mm. it, it has to compromise. Yeah. <laughs> Her Maybe. middle line's like, I can't fit you all, you each get a turn. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how vicious I feel. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that description, I like his better. So the only other things that are sort of different in the actual description of her is that sometimes... Uh, she has two tails, so she's got one dragon tail and one scorpion tail, and the scorpion tail sort of rises or curls back behind her and over her head, so oh. it's really big. Over her head, okay. Yeah, and then other, um, and it has a really deadly sting. Other, How many um, legs does she have, like, as a dragon? Four. Four? Okay. Yeah, supposed to have four. So she's and then, an insect. <laughs> yeah, the differing things are whether those four legs have the snakes around the ankles or not. So sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Because she has the snakes for hair, they're like, well, then why does she need them for ankles, you know? Because. Yeah. Well, just because. <laughs> so she's a child of uh, Tartarus and Gaia, and she her nickname is that she's the nymph of Tartarus. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Her, that is cool, though. What a great title. Pretty cool. Her name itself means sort of the similar to Kronos, it means crooked one, or it also means winding one. 
Okay. Yeah. And this is really fun. She's also sometimes actually confused with echidna because she and echidna are quite similar. So where echidna has, you know, a hundred snakes for legs, no, basically. echidna will always be echidna, an, an echidna. But the thing is that she... <laughs> the the giant echidna that somehow is evil. Kirby was often described as the female counterpart of Typhon. So if she's described as the female counterpart of Typhon, but so is echidna, the two of them are sometimes interchangeable, Kirby and echidna. Okay. That's the reason why. Yeah. But they are two very distinctly different. Yeah, they each they have one, very different Campy jobs. Can fly. <laughs> <laughs> they have very different jobs. She's the mother of Echidna's the mother of all monsters. Yeah. Campy's a prison warden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, when we read this chapter, we can't be mad at Campy, she's doing her job. Also she We can't be mad at her she though. She kinda failed at her job. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> so Wait, why are we mad at her? Because she's, she's being just, a bitch. She's just following orders. Yeah, a bitch. She's like, I'm gonna get, I gotta get paid. She still has enough autonomy that she chose, you know, she chose which side of the original Titan War she wanted to be on. Yeah. And decided that she wanted to be in liege with Uranus instead of, yeah, with okay. the giants. So, right. I'm still tripping on her nickname, Nymph of Tartarus. That's cool. It is cool. Ah, uh, I got respect for her now. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, this bitch. And she's in charge of guarding. The three Elder Cyclops and the three hundred-handed ones. Three one-hundred-handed ones, not three hundred-handed <laughs> ones. <laughs> Sorry. The only one who's left of the three hundred-handed ones is Brary's. And he is the one he's that... He's the older brother, yeah? Well, he's, he's the one that history famous. knows the most about. The yeah. other two have pretty much a name, but nothing else that goes Kind of like with Medusa's them. sisters. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Because honestly, I didn't know Medusa had sisters for a very long time. Yeah. No, three Gorgons. Yeah, I yeah. just knew Medusa. Because nobody yeah. ever talks about the other two. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about Rick's description of Braries and Hundred Handed Ones in general? Okay, Rick's description was, obviously, they can be as tall as mountains. Rick's mm-hmm. description at the moment is, is that Berries has shrunk in himself out of fear. I don't know why he's shrunk. Feebleness. Like, he's just, he's lost all hope and so he's all yeah. shriveled up. Um, but the way he's described is that his bottom half is a normal man, mm-hmm. and then you get to his chest and torso and guts, mm-hmm. and he's just got rows and rows and rows and rows of arms, fully length, normal size arms, mm-hmm. sticking out of him at all directions. Yeah. All the way up to his shoulders, mm-hmm. probably, I feel like, I, he must have a very long torso. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, and then then he's got a face. But because his arms don't have much room, they kind of just stick out in every odd angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's sort of like, it just looks like... He described it as a jumble of spaghetti. Yeah. That's what it looks like looking yeah. at a hundred-handed one. Because there's too many limbs. And yes. then he also has 50 faces that he filters through to mm-hmm. show different emotions. Yes. Yeah. So, similar to the way that Campy's waistline morphs, so does Brary's face. And I like that Rick's done it that way because that's not how it is in... He's got 50 faces He's as got well. 50 faces. No! And so, you look that's at pictures... That's just weird. You look at pictures of Brary's What does he twist his neck around when he wants to use a particular side? No, he literally has... Okay, so in depictions of what Brary's is actually supposed to look like and what the hundred-handed ones are supposed to look Do like... Do you have a picture? Is, no, not with me. He's got... The arms look the same... 
all around his chest. But then his head is basically like just a domed hill shape from his shoulder to the other shoulder. And it's just covered in, it looks like eyes, but they're all little tiny faces. And he's got 50 of them to show you, you know, different expressions. And and it just looks fucking weird. No, I don't like that. Not that having 100 arms doesn't also look weird, but 50, that, Can we give him a regular head? No. It looks... I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that. No, I just imagine him as a bald guy with, yeah, a face that morphs. You get one wife! Yeah, there are also a lot of, yeah, there are a lot of descriptions and, and depictions uh, where he has a hundred hands but then also a hundred legs to match. Like, so you have to have enough legs for however many no. arms there are. So then you may as well just be a hundred people. <laughs> yes, may as well. No. But that was the point of their strength, that they were supposed to, you know, represent. Represent! He can just have really beefy legs. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't skip leg day. No. He's Anthony Mackie. He's a big boy. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that's how they depicted it in actual mythology. So I appreciate the way that Rick's done it so that it doesn't seem so jarring. I mean, it's still jarring probably to watch oh, someone still. flip through their expressions and their faces. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, it just it's the size of a normal face, not 50 tiny ones. 50 tiny heads on one neck. That, what would you look at? Be like, Literally. which one is Whichever talking? Whichever one's eyes are open. <laughs> which one's talking? God. So, yeah, the story of uh, Brerys himself is that I like that he's being included Sorry, because he's actually, saying, his story's interwoven with Poseidon's a little bit, which is what I like. Just saying, I think that it'd be rude if the first time you saw Brerys, you just, like, gagged at the side <laughs> of him. <laughs> I feel like that would oh, be Oh, you're Brerys. <laughs> oh, you're Brerys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> So yeah, this is, I mean, this is one of the reasons that I actually like Battle of Labyrinth is so we haven't had a lot of beings that have to do with Poseidon and a lot of monsters that have to do with Poseidon himself since the Lightning Thief. Like, you remember when we were going through the Lightning Thief and I could basically trace each one of them back to being part of Poseidon's story. Yeah. Whereas we haven't had that the last few books because Poseidon's not the only god, so. Zeus rescued Rarys from their first time of imprisonment and then... Uh, so it was, there was a hundred-handed ones and the elder cyclops, and then Poseidon employed them to work in his forges. That's the connection. No, damn it. He wed Poseidon's daughter. Oh, yeah, Brerys did. So he wed uh, Poseidon's oh, daughter, Chimapolia, yeah. whose name means wave ranging. She's just a naiad or an ocean naiad. I'm pretty sure. That's a bit harsh. She's got a whole title and everything. So yeah, he basically lived with her in the depths of the sea after. They'd been rescued. Sorry, they'd been rescued, yeah. yes. Uh, and so he and his brothers, whose names were Kotos and Giez, they... Alright, so the Brerys and the Hundred Handed Ones are otherwise known as the... I'm going to butcher this name. The Hecatonkeres. I'm pretty sure it says yeah, Hecatonkeres. that's how I'd pronounce it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm not even gonna try. There were three hundred handed ones. Like, they were the sons of. You know when you read a book and you're like, "Yep, that's that's a word." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they were the sons of uh, Uranus and Gaia, and they basically are the natural forces that represent earthquakes and huge sea waves. Uranus, when the Hecatonkeres were young, they basically were imprisoned in Gaia's womb, and that really made her really mad. So she's the one who went to... Oh, he was afraid of their power. Uranus was afraid of their power. So uh, she basically went to Kronos, and that's how she started helping Kronos overthrow 
Uranus, and then oh. Kronos was also scared of their power, so instead of imprisoning them in his mum, he imprisoned them in Tartarus with Campy as the warden and the Elder Cyclops as the other prison mates, right? Why were the Elder Cyclops down there? Because they were also... Very powerful. Yes. Are they the children of Gaia and yes. Warriors? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the gods were overthrowing uh, the Titans, Zeus released uh, all six of the giants from... So the Cyclops and the Hunter yeah. Game ones released them from uh, Tartarus. Some myths say that Poseidon and Hades also helped release them. I like that. And... Zeus is a show. You know what? He They probably did all three help, and then Zeus was like, No, I didn't <laughs> single-handedly! Because he's a wanker, and he yeah. wanted to take all the credit that he didn't earn. Yeah. So then, uh, because the Hecantecaries were really good at masonry and the Cyclops were really good blacksmiths, uh, the big three basically employed them to make their weapons. So they did. Mostly it was the Cyclops who made them and not uh, the Hecantecaries, but they were also kind of part of it. So they obviously made... They threw bolts. Yeah. They uh, made Zeus's lightning bolts and Poseidon's trident and Hades' helm of darkness. And then the Hecantecaries were then appointed as the as Tartarus's eternal wardens, so they guarded, like, the gates of Tartarus instead of actually being in Tartarus now. Yeah. Yeah. So the names were Berries, Kotos, and Gies. So Kotos means uh, he who holds a grudge. It also means the striker or the furious. And Gies means land of the land or the big-limbed. And that's literally all that's known about those two. Whereas Berries means stout or strong. Um... And he was the most powerful of the three of them, and he was basically known as a god of sea storms. And for this reason, he was sometimes called the Aegean, like the sea. Mm-hmm. So then he was often confused with Aegeos, the sea god. Yeah. Who's a titan yeah. and helps the titans, whatever. Mm. So yeah, that's why Brary's wed. You'd be like, make sure you pronounce these names right when you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> that's why Brary's wed uh, Kamapalia, who is Poseidon's daughter. And then, yeah, that's why he uh, wed Poseidon's daughter, and that's why, like, that's that's all that's really known about him, but it's definitely more than the other two brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So then there are a lot of other uh, beings, monsters, in Greek mythology that people confuse with the Hecantecaries just because they're based, like, the Hecantecaries are giants, but yeah. people confuse others with them too because their descriptions are either so vague or just as terrifying that people are like, oh, yeah, that has to be the same thing. So some people, or some historians, uh, confused Typhon with the Hecantecaries because Typhon's got, you know, 100 heads and he's the father of monsters and also was in Tartarus, so, like, sometimes the two are conflated. Typhon, the one who's trapped under the mountain? Yes. He has 100 heads? Yes. Just like Echidna. How did I know this? He's got 100 heads. Hmm. Either I forgot or I've never heard that before. Or 100 (laughs) tails. He's got a hundred something, yeah. (laughs) We'll find out when we talk more about him in later chapters. Hint, hint, spoiler. Yeah, basically. And that's, yeah, all that we know about Brerys and the Hecantecaries and Campy. So when Tyson... Brerys, first of all, doesn't want to go with the gang. He doesn't want to... He's like, no, I've accepted my fate. I should just die here. I should just let Campy torture me forever because she's gone and they've come over to, you know, seduce him into following <laughs> him. I know, I just wanted to use that phrase just to see your face. And he doesn't want to go with them. So Percy's basically like, look, I will play you for it. I'll play 
this is where we're up with you. And if yeah. you lose, you have to come. No backseas. Dead ass, you have to come. <laughs> and Barry's is like, like oh, what is fuck. this trickery? <laughs> Right. And he's like, I, he thinks it's a safe bet to make because he never loses. So, yeah, he um. Yeah, then Percy points a gun on him. <laughs> yeah, a trick that a Paul. A gun. Yeah, a trick that Paul pulled on him that Percy will never admit worked. How very American though. He could have done fire. Yeah. <laughs> fire beats That's everything. Fucking fire! <laughs> fucking fire, man! What the fuck, the fuck that? is that? It's fucking yeah. fire! God, I love friends. God. So yeah, just love that yeah, Percy's using water his, balloon. Yeah, just love that Percy's using his big brain. Like he's uh, watching. Like he what? he literally <laughs> watched uh, Brerys's state of mind and watched how the hands were making anything and watched how uh, and listened to how Brerys was going on about you know how he's a problem solver and things like this and whatever else. And Percy's gone. Well, I know a way to get around you. Like you think you know, and Can I'm just gonna like pull a fast one on you. Did you get a real Big Brother vibes though when he did that? I did, and it was really oh, yeah. cute when he was like. Oh, got a finger gun. Now you have to come with me. Come on. Come on. I was like... But I just love how like his... I'm really concerned Karen Big Brother. I love how his solution came from his him being originally distracted by all the hands. Because Annabeth and Tyson and Grover were, like, happy to talk to Brerys, whereas Percy's just, like, watching one make something and the other, like, <laughs> yeah. something. And he's, like, so distracted because he's so ADHD. ADHD. was like... Yeah. He's, like, he couldn't, couldn't pick what to focus on and then eventually he's gone, Oh, oh, I can use this to my advantage. Oh, oh, oh. So, yeah. And of course, <laughs> everybody else was like, "Wow, look at Percy go!" Yeah, I also had a note here that I forgot to mention before. I thought I thought it was fitting that uh, the place that the labyrinth led them to first is a prison because it's been said by multiple people that the labyrinth was Daedalus's prison. And so, if that's a subconscious thought that everybody has in the back of their mind as they're walking through it, knowing that it was a prison for someone else, and the labyrinth has been known to read your mind, if the labyrinth has read, read your mind and gone, "Oh, they're thinking of a prison." I'm gonna like make you go towards a prison. Like I thought it was just a little. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he dreams about prisons as well. But like, if a place just oozes, I'm in control. I've captured you. Yeah. <laughs> I have captured you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Percy wins the game of rock paper scissors, and they basically run away. And then and Campy is get caught. Yeah. By Campy, Campy's like fucking excuse me. Yeah, Campy's there to foil them, and she's like, where the fuck do you think you're going? And Percy's like, uh, peace out, we're leaving. Percy's <laughs> like, well, we were planning on leaving. You can try and stop us. Yeah. And then they try and fail, and Percy's yeah. like, well. Well, then they um, burst out into the sunlight, and Campy follows them, and they're basically just fighting this huge monster with this other huge monster with them that they're trying to escape with, and, like, all the mortals are looking around, like, their brain's short-circuiting yeah, and, like, everything they're seeing. What the mortals would have seen? A mammoth? I mean, seriously. Who fucking knows? Well, I think it's just, it's really good that, because I'm reading Magnus at the moment, Magnus's, like, he basically said to Percy and Annabeth, and you know this, he basically said to Percy and Annabeth, uh, you don't have to worry about what the mortals are going to think. Their brain's literally short-circuit if they see too much. So mm. we can literally show them anything and it won't matter. They're not going to find out who we are or what we're doing. Like, their brains won't let them. Yeah, well, and then, have, you, have you seen Magnus heal a short-circuit yet? Yes. Yeah. And so then, but yeah, Percy and Annabeth are basically just like, oh, you mean we didn't have to hide this whole time? And Magnus was like, like, no. They can't handle it. They're fucking weak as shit, so... Like, they can't handle it. Also, the mist has got you. You're all good. <laughs> like, and even if it doesn't, you're all good either way. Like, do what you want. But I can also understand where, like, Percy and I are coming from, because the mortal's way of explaining it 
in their experience so far has just been to label Percy as a terrorist. Exactly. So, like, I can understand <laughs> where they're going. Fugitive. <laughs> yeah, why they're going, um, maybe we just won't show people who we are. <laughs> like, I get we that. We are so. who we are. So then they're, you know, out there and Campy's hot on their trail. She's got two big swords that are dripping with poison that if they touch anyone, they'll just literally kill you. Except for, like, except for Titan? T- Titan? Tyson? Tyson, yeah. He was like, because I, I think it's something to do with his immunity to fire. He's like, it'll sting and hurt like a yeah. bitch, but I won't die. Mm. And so Percy's like, cool, you're on it. Then they run back into the prison and back through the wall that they came out of, back into the labyrinth, and then with to Barry, help. With Braries. With Braries. And then Percy's like, come on, Tyson, come on. But Campy's kind of hot on his trail, so he like discuses his yeah. shield out there like smacks her shield. in the face yeah smacks her in the face loses the shield but gives Tyson enough time to jump in with them and that's yeah. pretty much where the, the chapter the whole ends chapter was pretty it. much well, at least like a good three quarters of the chapter was just a fight scene so yeah yeah it's good though it was good yeah but there's not much to talk about other than introducing yeah but that's pretty much the end of uh, chapter, chapter seven. 7 and yeah we'll get straight into chapter 8 we visit the Dean and Jude branch chapter 8 just made me so happy I was just reading it <laughs> it was so funny for no reason yes literally my only tag in this whole in the whole three chapters that I was reading came in chapter 8 and after we've talked about after you've read the recap thingy mm-hmm. I will tell you what it was okay alright so in in chapter 8 we visit the demon dude ranch uh, the gang say goodbye to Braries and Annabeth and Percy have a moment they do it's yes. very cute then Percy dreams of Dalus's escape from the maze and when he wakes up uh, they all find themselves pretty much at Goyon's ranch Nico's there which is super fun yeah and uh, Goyon plans to give up the demigods to Luke until Percy decides to barter for their freedom, and then Goyon gives them un- gives him until sunset to complete his task. Do you think it's Goyon or Gerion? I would say it's Goyon. Okay, I'm completely wrong. It's supposed to be Gerion. 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 <laughs> it's like almost Gillian, but it's Gerion. Gerion? Gillian? Gerion. Okay, we can roll with Gerion. Okay, alright. That's like a stupid that. name. Gerion's better. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like Gherkin. <laughs> 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 meme is this a butterfly is this gherkin that's so good <laughs> <laughs> is gherkin. i get called gherkin from now on uh, what's his name again gherkin 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 So yeah, they're back in the maze, and uh, Braries is basically going, "Guys, look, I can't go with you." And he walks off into. And the they're like, nowhere. "Diva." Yeah, <laughs> well, they're like, "We just fucking saved you, and you're gonna abandon us." All right, you fuckhead. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that is basically how they all feel, and they're like, "Fine, we don't need you anyway." And they <laughs> Sorry, walk off. All of them except for Tyson, who's like. <laughs> Surprising Tyson didn't run after him, to be honest. Like, let's that be real. Is the most surprising part. Yeah, so then after Boris walks away. Like, Sit down, be my friend. <laughs> yeah. After Boris walks away and disappears, they all just basically decide this is the best time for a nap. So <laughs> they, all, yeah. they all lie down and go to sleep. Tyson cries and tells himself to sleep. Oh, you're right. Say I know. that sentence again. Tyson cries himself to sleep. There we go. And then Grover <laughs> falls asleep as well. And then Percy's like, um, I'm just going to like shuffle my yeah. sleeping bag Percy's to like, next to Percy's like, oh no, I cannot sleep. Let me shuffle over and yeah. snuggle next to Annabeth. Oh, what a coincidence. Annabeth is awake. Yeah. 
and then he's like, they have a little chat, Which not really about so anything. Cute, just the cuteness. I mean, they talk about her um, prophecy and like the last line, but she's like, "Look, I can't tell you in the dark because I'm scared of the dark." She's like, "No, the darkness is too real." <laughs> yeah. Can I just say though, this is probably the first time they've had any kind of privacy since they hugged in Athena's cabin. That's cute. Yeah. It's like semi-privacy because Grove is probably awake listening to every word going, Oh my god, my OTP, Grove is feeling the emotion through the empathy leak and he's like... He's getting dreams about Adam Ed because... (laughs) 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 And he's like, I'm just trying to sleep. (laughs) And he's like, I'm going to take a nap. And these two are so fucking... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Grove is like, God, 14 year olds. (laughs) I remember when I was 14, 20 years ago. <laughs> it's fucking hell. Oh, God. God, God. I thought this movie is so good. <laughs> oh, this book is so good. <laughs> My God. But seriously. But yeah, so it's like the only really kind of privacy, kind of yeah, privacy kind of. they've had since Athena's Cabin. And here they are. Percy was like, all right, I'm going to just go. <laughs> Slide up next to her, see what's happening. The and physical then, version of sliding into someone's DS. It's late at night, they should be sleeping. <laughs> and he's gone, You can't sleep either, can you? <laughs> Just so we take all this gross sexual stuff out. and it's <laughs> Because really, they're still 14. Because, yes, they're babies. It's, it's just really cute. It's just adorable. I, my brain is just thinking about their hug now. Their hug is the cutest thing. Seriously, Sebastian Stan. <laughs> so cute. Hands. Oh, I cannot wait to post that meme. <laughs> so cute. Like, I cannot. What, my brain stopped working. It's too cute. I had a note here about how perfect this quest is for Annabeth. So in this conversation that they're having, yeah, she talks about how Annabeth is like, I tried to prepare, I tried to do all this, and then it turns out it's all for nothing. And I'm like, good, that's how it should be. You shouldn't be the smartest person on a quest. This is why this is the perfect quest for you. Because, because Percy's putting the big boy pants on. No, because well, yeah. <laughs> her whole thing is, I need to know the destination. I need to know how I'm going to get there, like me. I need to know how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do this. I need to know every step of she the way. Just I need to be the smartest person in the room. And I, yeah, I literally, well, she can just wing it. That's her strong suit. But the fact that she's not got, made it to that point of her character arc yet. Mm. And that's why this quest is perfect for her, because she's going into a place that literally reads her mind and goes, oh, you think I'm going to do this? Nah, fuck that, I'm going to do the opposite. And she's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. She literally says the phrase, I hate that it's so illogical. Yes. Yeah. And the reason this quest is perfect for her is because the reason quests it's are meant her to... quest. It's yeah. supposed to build your character. You're supposed well, to Well, quests grow. are meant to test you. Yeah. And this is the perfect test for Annabeth. Yeah. Because, and also the labyrinth is just, even if... She goes through all this and the she figures out that it's... Dick. Well, even if she figures out that it's, you know, changing its mind because it's reading hers, even if the, she then goes, oh, well, then I should do the opposite of... I should think the opposite of what it... You know, what I should think the opposite think? of what I want so then it does the opposite of what I'm thinking so then that's what I actually want. But even if it does that, it's still going to fucking confuse her because that sentence itself was fucking confusing. No, I got it. And then she calls Percy... They don't know that we know that they know. Yeah. They she calls Percy cute, What'd you say? She calls Percy cute. <gasps> she does? Did I miss page. that point? Shit, did she, call, she called him cute. 
for reals. Yeah. Like, for real. When Percy says, um, you remember when we were on Cersei's Island, and then Annabeth goes... You made a cute guinea pig. made a cute guinea pig. Yeah. And Percy's like... Percy was like, that was very embarrassing for me. Embarrassing. Didn't appreciate. So embarrassing. (laughs) Oh, babe, you had a crush on me? (laughs) That's embarrassing. (laughs) We're married. Still. (laughs) Still. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it, I love it. Yeah. And then Percy goes to sleep, and then he has this dream about how Icarus and I thought Annabeth went to sleep first. And know, then he was supposed to be on watch, and then he passed it. No, 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 I have a feeling that they just swapped at some point. Oh. Someone else is on watch. Like, that's the impression that I got. Yeah. Anyway, he dreams of uh, Daedalus and Icarus's escape from the labyrinth the first time. Yeah. And you know everybody how you knows, said... Everybody knows the famous ter- um, term that Icarus flew too close to the sun yeah. and then plummeted to his death. This is the dream that he had. Yeah. Um, but you know how set, how you said in one of our previous episodes that you thought that the labyrinth had, like, a, you know, you could a see... A skylight! Yeah. I know! And then I bagged you out, because I was like, if you could see over the top of it, you could see where the centre was. This is what I thought! Yeah. I knew I was right! <laughs> I, knew, I knew I wasn't crazy! Fucking... <laughs> uh, God, yeah. doubted me! I know. Ha ha! Because! See? And people say that I can't admit when I'm wrong. Right here. <laughs> Because you fucking got it. <laughs> and yeah. I want to just take it back. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's very valid. There's a reason you don't admit Because I'm an asshole when I admit that I'm right. Because you're the worst sore loser. I, not to say I'm any better, but I just make sure I'm not the loser. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a loser very often. Because <laughs> Kate's a know-it-all. I'm not a know-it-all. <laughs> I, I just happen to fucking know everything. Oh, fuck you! After Annabeth and Percy have had all of their little, like, conversation, and Percy's woken up from his dream about Daedalus, the only difference Sorry, in... Sorry, that, my brain was like, a wet dream. No! <laughs> I was like, a man? No! No! What does security do about it? Nothing. Typical! <laughs> so, Percy's woken up from his dream of Daedalus. The only difference in that story with Daedalus is the actual gluing of the wings on to Icarus itself. Like, he... Yeah. Rick has sort of described it as they did each feather individually. That's not really... Really? My brain thought of it as he used a pipe gun and he had to... And he just... Like, he had, like, rows of them and he just sort of, like, taped them off. Yeah. Well, the story of that, from my knowledge, like, the story of Icarus and applying the wings, it's literally they just had a set of wings that they yeah, just, like, just strapped to themselves. Yeah, basically. And, you know... Otherwise, what's they, the there point, was the what whole was thing the point of the, of the hiking harness? Well, there was the whole thing of the glue, because that's, you know, the reason that when you flew too close to the sun... It, yeah, it was important to mention that yeah. they're held together with wax. But, you know, that's... It is what it is, so... And then they escape, and, you know, the audience doesn't learn anything more than they already know about Icarus, because that's one of the most well-known stories. Yeah, well-known stories, and all we know is that he was drunk on his freedom and mm. flew too close to the sun, plummeted to his death. You just said vomited to his dad. No, plummeted. <laughs> All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> and then Percy wakes up, and then they run towards the sunlight, and they find themselves in Garion's ranch. Yeah. Yeah. It is a depressing tale, though. Just because... Of Icarus. The, yeah, the fact that he had to watch his son die. And what? Okay, what else did he expect? He made wings out of bronze. I realise that he's the most fantastic inventor and whatever. Bronze equals heavy. Try to fly, you die. <laughs> Try to fly, you die. No? Like... Get a rap out of that. <laughs> oh have you seen but, a state about body? 
if I'll be the I wear the joint. But yeah, it's to put. I just even I was reading it and I was just imagining being Daedalus and watching your mm. pure your only point of happiness plummet to his death because he finally got what he wanted. Yeah. Which is freedom. Yeah. Which is something that everyone should have. Freedom from life. <gasps> oh jeez. <laughs> freedom from his body, he's not just a Cause he dead. <laughs> you gone. <laughs> Cornelius, what did I tell you? It's, it's too heavy for my arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's for pitch perfect. It's for pitch perfect. Oh god. Okay, so, so they get they to Gary's ranch. They make it to the dude ranch. Yeah, and the first thing that they notice is they're surrounded by cherry red cattle. Cows. Now. Now, here comes the part where <laughs> my only tag that I mentioned for three chapters, which is. Let's see. I'm just going to read it for you guys. We were on a ranch, all right. Rolling hills stretched to the horizon, dotted with oak trees and cacti and boulders. A barbed wire fence ran from the gate um, in either direction. Cherry-colored cows roamed around the grazing on clumps of grass. Red cattle, Annabeth said. The cattle of the sun. What? I asked. They're sacred to Apollo. Holy cows! (laughs) That was my tag! Holy cows! Because I literally was like... Just smiling and like half gig. You know that, you know that phrase when it's like it's funny, but it's not laugh funny. So you sort yeah. of just go, huh. <laughs> you, sort, <laughs> you just huff out some air and just smile. Yeah. Um, I did that for the rest of the chapter just because. Holy cows! That's <laughs> just funny. She's easily amused, folks. <laughs> okay. There are some good one-liners. It carried me through the rest of the chapter. I was like, holy cows. <laughs> So she says with the cow on her shirt today. Fuck you, you the cow on your shirt. I do. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the cattle because yes. Rick has <laughs> merged two different kinds of cattle here. <laughs> so, yes, red cattle are sacred to Apollo, yes. but Girion also actually just has his own cattle. So Rick's Girion. just put Apollo's cattle here just to make it more like... You know, oh, we're still relating it to the gods. It's still part of all of this. Yeah. Um, but Apollo's cattle and Geryon's cattle are actually two different kinds of cattle. Really? Apollo's cattle, they are the red ones. And the only story that really has to do with Apollo's cattle is when Hermes stole them as a baby. Yeah. So basically when Hermes was a toddler, he left his cradle to go and find the cattle and steal them from adult Apollo going hard. This will be really funny. And, and he um, cooked them and ate them. And no. I was like, he's a baby. How no. did he do that? No. He discovered the herd and then decided to put his own shoes on backwards. And then he took all the cows, uh, like, what do you call them? Hooves. Hooves. All of their, like, horseshoes but that are on the cows. And he yeah. put them on backwards as well. And then started... He, like, turned them all around so that they walked back towards Hermes' cave, but because their hooves were on backwards, yeah, it, it looked like they like were walking. Going the other yeah, basically. And so... That's funny. Yeah, so he, like, <laughs> hid them all in his ca- in this cave, and then when Apollo came to find the cattle, he was like, where the... What? Like, what? <laughs> Did they just stop in this spot and then just, like, disappear? I don't know what's going on. And eventually he figured out what was happening with his missing 
like heard and then immediately went to go find Hermes because he's the god of thieves and was yeah. like I don't care that you're a baby I know you're behind this <laughs> <laughs> <It was laughs> my most paranoid and he was I mean he's also the god of prophecy so he like could kind of see what was yeah. going on so anyway Let's he not give him too much credit yeah he went back to uh, that's fucking funny he went back to Hermes cave different cave to where the cattle are you know, being hidden, Mm -hmm. and Hermes was asleep, so Apollo basically stole him and took him up to Olympus to see Zeus and to be judged in front of Zeus. (laughs) And just shook him in front of (laughs) Zeus. Shook this baby. (laughs) He (laughs) kicked me with his legs He just shook me like a dog. And he was like, this baby stole my cows. And Zeus was like, fucking deal with these That's literally kind of what happened. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. By this point, (laughs) Hermes is one And Hermes is there like, by this point point, Hermes has woken up and uh yeah initially Hermes kind of denied everything that happened because how fucking stupid and unbelievable is the story of he put his shoes on backwards and then he put my cow shoes on backwards and then he led them away and hid them and I can't find them anymore and then Zeus basically thought it was such a funny story that he kind of like let Hermes get away with it yeah but he was like look um, I'm not going to punish you, but you do have to return the cattle to Apollo. <laughs> and then at that point, Hermes was, Hermes was like, yeah, you're right, I did steal them, that's probably fair, like, I'll give them back. <laughs> like, I didn't want anything with them, I just wanted to take them from like, you. I just wanted a reaction. Yeah, so he, um... I just wanted to make a statement? Yeah, as, like, a apology, because Hermes started to feel bad himself. He made the liar. He made the liar out liar, of a, <laughs> out of a turtle shell, and gave uh-huh. it to Hermes, and then, and gave it to Apollo, I mean, and then... In return for both the gift and the return of his cattle, Apollo gave Hermes his golden staff to guide the flocks, and then Hermes became basically the shepherd, and he was like, oh, you returned them, I'm going to give you a fucking job, now you have to look after them forever, fuck you, little bro! And Hermes was like, yay! Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Hermes was like, yeah, sad face, be happy, be happy, okay, he's going, damn it. Yeah, and then they were kind of friends after that, so that's, that's the only story of Apollo's cattle themselves. <laughs> like, this is going to be a great story, though. But it's going to be horrible tonight. Oh, yeah, no. Tonight's going to be a train wreck. <laughs> God, I love Dina. If anyone has not watched yes, the story... Queen. I want to start putting Yas Queen in my local vocabulary. Because I think it's time. I think it's time. God, Dina from Superstore. Guys, get on that shit. She's so funny. Oh, she's so good. So, anyway. The other... Story that have to do with the, so that the two stories that are being conflated is Geryon's cattle um, was one of Hercules' labors. So these few chapters are really interesting because we're using we're seeing two of Hercules' labors here in these two chapters, and we'll yeah. go into that in chapter nine as well. When this book is supposed to be about Theseus, yeah, yeah, not Daedalus, Theseus. Good job, Joe. <laughs> so. Uh, basically, is about Daedalus too, though. Yeah, basically Hercules' tenth labor was to take all of Geryon's cattle back to uh, Eurystheus, and so he used Helios' son chariot to get to the island where these cattle were being kept overnight. When he got there, he killed uh, Orthus. It's Orthus in this book, but in mythology, he's more well known as Orthrus. So Orthrus is actually Cerberus's brother. Oh. But he's only got two heads instead of three. Yeah. So Cerberus is like, oh, fuck you, got one up on you, dude. And Chiron's like, oh, a jealous yeah. dog. He's got two heads and a serpent for a tail. And, yeah, he basically just guards uh, Geryon's Did cattle. you picture him as a staffy, though? No, I pictured him as, like, a hunting dog. I pictured him as a staffy with two heads, and I was like, oh, that's cute. So Orthrus, uh was one of... 
Echidna's children, obviously, because of Cerberus' brother. And his siblings were Cerberus and Chimera. But then in some myths, he and Chimera got together and had the Sphinx and the Nemean lion. And then in other myths, they say that he got with Echidna and had the Chimera, Sphinx, Hydra, and the Nemean lion. And it's like, mm, did you get with your sister or did you get with your mum? Yeah, authors. I don't like it. Yeah. So basically that's his whole um, mythology, basically. And so when Hercules came across him to get to the cattle, he basically killed Orthus with one blow of his club, and that was all it took, and that killed him. And so it's like, oh, this puppy really didn't live very long. Oh, this is baby. Yeah. Can I just say, though, throughout this book, we've had Braries, we've mm-hmm. had Janus, we've had Orthus, Orthus? Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm, that one. We, and Campy. All of these have been multiple, like, extra yeah. weird multiple-limbed monsters. Mm-hmm. Like That's Greek. like the I'm formula for thing. Greek monsters. It's either you're part horse, you're part fish, or you're part everything with multiple legs and snakes. And snakes, yeah. Yeah. Snakes everywhere. But just, um, just sort of like, they've all got multiple heads. Oh my god, what's with the multiple heads? Yeah. For some reason, it's just in this book that I've been like, that's a lot of monsters in a row that have multiple limbs. Yeah. Like, as in, like, it's, like, pointed out weirdly that they have multiple limbs. Yeah, it's too bad the Hydra's not in this book. So, yeah, then after uh, Hercules killed Orthus, Euridion, who is the the herdsman in charge of Orthus in Battle of the Labyrinth, mm-hmm. um... He basically heard Orthus cry and then just came running and was like, "Maybe I'll save you!" Yeah, basically. And then Hercules kind of killed him the same way. Just one, one too many hunts with a snake. <laughs> um, hit him over the head with, um, you know, his his good old club clubio. So Euridion, there isn't actually very much on him because there is a more famous centaur whose name is Euridion. So there's not much on him as a herdsman rather than Euridian as a centaur. So coming across information about him as a herdsman, I well, we know, don't well, know we found where... found out really was that he was a son of Ares. Yeah, you kind of found out, find out more in this book in Battle of the Labyrinth with his whole immortality thing being tied to uh, Gyrion. Yeah, his and, dad you know, offered him the yeah. immortality. We don't know why, but yeah. he did. You find out more in Battle of the Labyrinth than you really do than with any kind of general researching on the internet. Does that mean which Rick's is made it super up? Fun. No, no, no. Okay. So he's the son of Ares uh, and Eurythia, who's just, you know, a random mortal woman. Yes, because he's and, a demigod. Yeah. He started as a herdsman for Gyrion and then <coughs> later accepted uh, immortality from Ares and then just kind of stayed Gyrion's herdsman. Yeah. Um, but he regretted it immediately because then he was kind of bound with Gyrion and just kind of yeah, bound to serve him for eternity. Kind of. Yeah. A well-treated slave, but yeah. slave nonetheless. There are some depictions of him that describe him as a giant rather than a herdsman so he's a herdsman slash giant like he's you know kind of like polyphemus and he's taking yeah. care of his little flock um that kind of thing and yeah he kind of just kills Euridian and then Euridian uh just even if he reforms because he is immortal he doesn't have any work to do until Gyrion also reforms which is kind of what we see in this book and that's how it was in mythology as well like he mm. can't really die but He's still bound to Gyrion for whenever he comes back. Uh, he also possesses some of the powers that Ares actually present- possesses, which is really fun. So he yeah. can control a little bit of necromancy, so he can command the souls of dead soldiers. Right. He also has pyrokinesis. Why didn't he get them to clean the stables? <laughs> 
he has uh, pyrokinesis, so he's able to create and control a little bit of fire. And he also has telumkinesis, which he's able to control the majority of weapons, which is really cool. That is cool. It is cool. So yeah, um, so when Hercules came across... With that knowledge, he picked a club to be his choice of weapon. With some spikes in it, giving real Steve Harrington vibes, mm. but a club with spikes in it was his choice of weapon in this book. Yeah. When yet he masters any kind of weapon. Mm. That's a bummer, dude. You could have picked something really cool. So basically, if we're bringing the Grishaverse into this, he's a fabricator. He's a fabricator. That's cool. <laughs> That's just me going, we watched Shadow and Bone the other day. So We did, and Joe's reading the books, and she's thoroughly enjoying them. <laughs> she's also seeing lots of memes and TikToks about it, and it's not hating life. <laughs> For once. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to concentrate on hating life. So, yeah, That's once Hercules came across... Sam helped you with that. Oh my god, it's still helping. Oh. It's been how long since Falcon and the Soldier was on Disney Plus, like, coming like out? a month. And my... For you page on TikTok is still all just Sebastian Stan. All mostly. So um, yeah, he killed uh, Hercules. Killed Eurydian with his club, and then in the next part of his quest, Geryon uh, sort of heard Orthus and Eurydian die, and was like, oh, "Okay, look, like looks like it's my turn." So he like gets his bow and arrow together, and he gets all his stuff, and then he goes to uh, he, he goes to kill Hercules, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Hercules had an arrow that was poisoned with the Hydra's blood and basically, like, shot Geryon in the forehead and it, because it was poisoned and it went into one of his, you know, went into his brain and just died. Sucked in loser. Yeah. So Geryon, he's fun because he's also related to the story of uh, Perseus. So I mean multiple-bodied Geryon. Yeah. He's related Geryon. to the story of Perseus because he's the son of Cryosaur, who is Medusa's other son other than Pegasus. So when... Um, oh, Perseus yeah. cut Medusa's head open. And the, the gold two, man. Yeah, and the two beings sprang out. One was Pegasus, one was Chrysor. So Chrysor was this big, giant, golden warrior. Yeah. And Geryon is his son. That's weird. Yeah. So, basically, his parents are Chrysor and uh, Calero. Calero was an uh, oceanid who followed Persephone. So you'll like that. And then he was the niece of Pegasus. He's yeah, also a kid's really brother. Dropping. He's also a kidna's brother. Bloody hell. Which is, yeah. Or like, and that's the reason that Orthus is kind of in his care because he's Orthus is kind of Girion's nephew. nephew. Yeah, God, there's just too much. It's way too much. <laughs> he also has a half brother um, on his mum's side because his mum got with Poseidon to have this half brother. So he's related to Perseus, and like his story is related to Perseus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's actually related to Poseidon, actually related to Echidna. And, and the dog. And the, the Medusa. Yeah. Oh my fucking god. Yeah. There's a lot. Really? So. But the, we're not going to look at all that. We're just going to focus on The depiction that Rick gives of Geryon in this series of him having somehow three bodies that then condense down to one set of legs, but also condense to one fat neck. Yeah. Confused uh, the shit out of me. And I was like, what are they, children? Is correct. Bodies? It's correct. But he also has four giant wings. Wings? Yes. They did not mention this. He's also a giant. They did not mention this. No. They yeah. made it sound like... So I choose to believe really that dude. because his shoulders are so wide, because he literally has six shoulders, that I choose to believe that his neck is so fat, but he's like that guy from 90 Day Fiance. You know that guy who literally his neck is like the width of his shoulders? Oh, that guy. <laughs> I don't remember what his name is. I feel like if I looked up 90 Day Fiance, he would be there. No, but we, we know who we saw. Yeah, so and then I reckon his, about his waistline is as wide as his three bodies. 
And then he just has two giant fucking legs. That's yeah. what I think. Well, Percy did mention he was like some big ass feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he um he lived on an island near the Hesperides, uh, over near Atlas. Sort of a big ass head as well, then. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah, so when after Hercules killed him during his labour, he stole all of the cattle, and then as he was taking the cattle back to... I know it's a really long-winded story. Mm. As he was taking the cattle back to Eurystheus, a giant named Cacus stole the cattle, which is really fun, because in one of Rick's short stories, The Staff of Hermes, which is about Hermes who also stole cattle, Percy and Annabeth have to fight the giant Cacus, who is the guy who stole the cattle from Hercules here. It's Rick is just he's picking bits from myths and then trying to put him in fan fiction stories and it kind of works, but then when you try to explain it like I am now, it sounds like a clusterfuck. It really does. Yeah. It's so, a clusterfuck. <laughs> I'm sure like uh, it's easy for me because I'm like it's so messy. Yeah. And if it's easy for me because I've like, you know, put you it together in it my out head. on paper. It would probably help yeah, me, probably. but I'm trying to organise it and my brain's also <laughs> now thinking about my dinner and Sebastian Stan <laughs> and Shadow and Bone. And my <sighs> other assignment that I have to do, and yeah. so it's a bit difficult. Yes, yeah, but it turns out it turns out because originally really tipsy. So it's, it's not <laughs> originally for Hercules' labors, he was only supposed to have ten, right? And so because this is his tenth labor. Hera's like, fuck, he's finishing his labours. So she's the one who sent Cacus to steal the cattle. Yeah. Then when Hercules got him back, she sent a gadfly to irritate the cattle and scatter them, so he had to run around chasing them and like getting them all back <laughs> together. And then, on his journey, she flooded a river so he couldn't cross it, so he couldn't finish his labour and deliver the, ca- deliver the cattle. So Hercules piled a bunch of... when he finished his labours? He was no longer in debt to Eurystheus, and so he had no longer... Like Hera you had just no control. Do whatever yeah, you want. the reason he was in debt to Eurystheus is because Hera basically said to Eurystheus, "He's in debt to you now because I'm mad king." Uh, okay. Yeah. So Hercules piled all these stones in the river, basically to make his own bridge and to put the you know bridge the two riverbanks together so they could all get over. And then you know, <laughs> once he made it back to Eurystheus to give the cattle back, Eurystheus went, "Oh, nice, you finished your labors. Except, oh no, you haven't." Two of them that you did don't count because you had help. So now I get to give you two more. And Hera was like, yes, 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 give him two more. He's not finished. And that's why he has 12 labours. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's the end of that story of those cattle, of Geryon's cattle. Oh, and, that, you know, we've learnt some stuff about authors. We've learnt some stuff about Eurydian. We've learnt some stuff about Geryon. That is such a long-winded story. It really, really is. And, yes, it's very clusterfucked. <laughs> it is. But does it kind of make sense? Yes. <laughs> You're shaking your head no. <laughs> I didn't shake my head. That's okay. I just averted my gaze. No, okay, so Hermes stole Apollo's cattle, Hercules stole Geryon's cattle. Yes. That's pretty much the story. Yes. Alright. Yes, and I just explained about Geryon and and quickly I as well. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Joe, I get it. Kate goes into way too much detail. We get it. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, after we meet uh, Authors and Eurydian, Eurydian basically is leading... Uh, the quest up to the house, up to the ranch house, and oh my goodness, surprise, Nico's there. And oh, he's he not happy to see his so called friends. Oh, baby boy. And Percy's like, babe, why are you so mad? Percy's <laughs> like, chill, bitch. <laughs> Literally. <Don't> chill. <laughs> Somebody else has to know that reference oh, because God. I'm not sure it's a vine, but it's definitely something funny. It was like some oh, guy, God. some agro American on the news was talking about us. 
I don't even know what it was about, but he was going, getting really angry, and then some millennial in the background just went up to him and went, Daddy, chill! And he was like, what the fuck is that? He just went on another tangent because he was so confused by what just happened, and it made me laugh. Right. Joe, going into way too much detail. So, now that they've met uh, Nico and Girion, and Percy's become immediately confused by they how Girion looks, yes, they, they get, get on the movie chair. They get a tour of the ranch, and oh, Nico's being funny, a movie. sullen little boy, because he's, he's like, don't you dare speak Bianca's name in front of me, and Percy's like, I didn't yet, but okay. He's like, I didn't, but Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> not, not touching. Can't you mad. Not touching. <laughs> yeah, he just oh, pokes God. the bear. God, I love Percy. Yes. <laughs> fucking funny. He put me, he was like, Nico, you're being a dramatic little bitch. Bianca. <laughs> yeah, so as we're getting a tour of the ranch, uh, they go past the mayors of Diomedes, which I'll go into in the next chapter, yeah. uh, but they go past the mayors, the mayor of, mayors of Diomedes, and as they're going past, Percy sort of notes how he's taking in all the surroundings, and he notes how their uh, stables are, like, disgustingly um, dirty. Everyone knows yeah. how disgusting <laughs> Because Yodius is like, we could have got a cleaner. Yeah, he's Yodius like, we're like, really well, bitchy about it. We could have got a cleaner, but they would have fucking been eaten. So, you, like, you know, because they're flesh eating horses. So, you know, we didn't fix that. We could have got a fire hydrant yeah. hose. And then as they're talking about it, Nico's trying to secure his own deal that he had with Girion, which is. Which we don't know what it was. Yeah, like, we, we don't know what it was. But basically, Girion has his own agenda and he's like, no, 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 I'm going to sell you to Luke instead. Like, that feels like a better business option for yeah. me. I feel and like I'm going to get Nico more out of that. And Beth are all like, what? Yeah, and I just, I had a note in it that I love how Nico is so naive and focused on his own quest in getting Bianca back, like, personally, that he literally walked into a trap to be Luke Bate. Yeah. Like, that's literally what happened. Yeah. And I well, Keep love in that. mind, yeah. he's like 11. <laughs> so yeah, and as they're, um, sort of, once Girion, you know, admits that this is how he wants to get rid of Nico and he wants to sell him to Luke, basically. Yeah. Uh, Nico kind of pulls out his sword and we get to see... Percy's already sort of noted Nico's sword yeah. in his few dreams, but he hasn't been... He, like, he doesn't know what it's made of. We get to find out that it's made of stygian iron. The termination. Terminology. Yes. Termination. Good job, Joe. Yes. So, stygian iron is another one of those fun metals that Rick has just put in uh, the books. So the, it's not actual... So things being bathed in the sticks uh, to make them stronger is definitely a thing yeah. in Greek mythology. The same as the yeah, the yeah. same as the sort of blueprint, I guess you would say, for celestial bronze and uh, imperial gold is is in Greek mythology, but it's just not called that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, stygian is kind of the same, but stygian iron is so much iron is so much cooler than yeah. bronze and gold. So much cooler because it's do? sharper and stronger. Oh, sick! Yes, so and it can only Nico's be wielded. A bitch. Yes, and it can only be wielded by children of Hades. Oh, that's so cool! Yes, so it can only be wielded by uh, gods or children of Hades. Uh, it can. The reason it's stronger than the golden bronze is because it's not as cold. It is capable of Hades is a boss ass bitch. Yeah, it's capable of not just destroying the essence of titans, giants, and monsters like bronze and gold. Yeah, it can absorb their essence. So the reason that monsters are so much extra afraid of Nico and his sword is because there is a chance that they won't reform if their essence is absorbed by the sword. That's so cool! Yes. Yes. Nico's amazing! It is very cool. That means, because so, Hades' weapons are all stingent iron too. No wonder people are afraid of him, like yes. proper afraid. Yes. Yes, Hades. It, uh, it can also... 
the same yeah. sort of vein morally as Luke's sword can harm mortals, immortals, humans, and monsters. Sick. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. There's also, um, on the okay. Rayordan oh fandom god. website, there's also, like, a little thing about it, because apparently all of the different metals give off, like, a kind of glow, and mm. because Stygian iron is black, the glow that it gives off is purple. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that emo-ness for him. Yeah. It just reminds me of, you know how in Star Wars... Uh, Samuel L. Jackson requested yeah, a purple lightsaber like, just so that he could stand out and see himself on the screen. Yeah, I'm no, just imagining Nico with a purple like, yeah. <laughs> light well, no, coming off with his sword. With the whole Samuel L. Jackson thing, he didn't actually properly request. He just made an offhand statement. He'd be yeah. like, he was like, oh, so I can't have like, mine can't be like purple? Because yeah. that'd be cool. And then I like, love that Samuel L. Jackson is the reason that we have more than just red, green, and blue swords. Like, you can get white, you can get yellow, you can get purple now. And they all mean a different kind of Jedi. Like, they all mean that you focus on a different kind of thing, which is pretty cool. That is cool. And red doesn't just necessarily mean evil, guys. (sighs) Granted, we don't follow Star Wars. (laughs) But we're just saying... Like, but I just, I want to defend some, because some people are like, how dare Samuel Jackson do that? Be like, he didn't outright say, I'm quitting if you don't give me purple. He just sort of was like, it would be cool. Like, just sort of like, guys, the CGI is so quick, I just want to be able to see me on the battlefield. Yeah, he was like, like, this is a completely narcissistic request. Like, like, I just want to be able to find myself. He was like, I just like purple. Wouldn't purple be cool? Why can't I? was like, is there a reason I can't have purple? And they were like, no, you can't have purple. And then, then when he watched it, he was like, oh, mine's purple now. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah, he was like, mine's purple. I'll see. Yeah. So, Stygian is uh, mined and forged in the underworld and cooled in the river sticks, uh, producing a clean and indestructible blade. That is a quote from the Rodan wiki. So, um, yeah, because it's cooled in the sticks, it can only be handled by children of Hades or Pluto, uh, and underworld deities are also capable of wielding it, which is really sick. Mm. I just think it's so cool. It is so cool. Like, why... Superior, except that's the other thing about right. it is the only other metal that is as strong or stronger doesn't even come from Greek mythology. It comes from another pantheon, aka Norse pantheon, aka bone steel, is as sharp and as wicked and as powerful as Stygian iron. So Magnus's blade is <sighs> as good, but Percy and Annabeth and Jason's all their weapons are just void compared to yeah. Bone Steel and Sydney. It's just so cool. Yeah. It's just so cool, Joe. Nico wins. Yeah, Nico does win. Immediately. There's a reason that he is elite. He is elite. Yeah. Oh, Nico. He's oh. just fully He's fully sick bro. He's fucking more he's oh, um, I can't even form words. Yeah. That's Oh, so then after uh, but you Gyrion know when you're just of... such in awe you can't even form a sentence you're just like Speechless. oh oh my god all hail bow down seriously I mean, if I was ever to meet him I'd be like oh my god yeah you're so fucking cool see but you wouldn't be able to wield Sijin Ido because you're I'm not kid, cool so. enough no <laughs> I'm not worthy I'm, we are worms. <laughs> worms with worms. <laughs> See, my brain went. Elevator's not worthy. It's not worthy. <laughs> no, I thought Hercules. <laughs> we are worms. We are <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, after uh, all of that's going on, Egerian's basically going, "This is my plan." So after Goyon kind of, you know, 
shows everybody's cards, basically. He shows us his hand. Yeah. Percy goes... He plays his cards. Percy's yeah. Like, Percy uh, goes, how about we not do that? He's like, Please. Or at least give me a chance for us to not do that. Just give us a chance, Gooch. Yeah. Let's make a deal. So he's still on his high from having beaten Braries at Rock, Paper, Scissors, but he's like, I need to also beat Kyrian. You know? We, that's the aim of the game. So, and I love the game that, that is he, his life, which is called survival. I just love that he's so street smart, street smart. I should say, street smart, street smart, <laughs> and charming. That his barter always works. Like his, yeah, his way of negotiating always, always works because they he's always so charming. Take the bait. Yes, they always, always take the bait. Because the thing is, he watches how they play out their personality first. He watches how they act and how they talk about themselves and how they talk about He's their accomplishments. very smart. Yes. And then he uses that to his advantage. Like, he literally lets them reveal their own weak spot and then he goes, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, I'll use that. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, dickhead. Yes. Yeah. He waits for them to show their hand and then he goes, i got another idea. Yeah, he so, paddles around and then he pokes the bear and he gets what he wants. Yeah. So if this had been written... That sounds obnoxious, but he's trying to survive, guys. Well, <laughs> if this had been written as him... I think it would be just so interesting if you think of Percy, if maybe he'd been a child of Athena, without, like, and still keep his, I'm not yeah. book smart, I'm not, like, I'm still shit in school, and so him not identifying with himself as a child of Athena, but then you see this, and he's, like, so, like, he can get yeah. around anything, and he's like, look, I can work out things in a pinch, and that's where his smarts comes in, and that's yep. where his strategy comes yep. in. Yep. He would work so well as a son of Athena. Yeah. And so... Like, a few episodes ago when I said to you that I think he would have so much respect for Athena if she didn't just hate him on sight. Yeah. Like, if they didn't already have that relationship, that I think that there would be so much mutual respect between them. You know, yeah. if he was the son of Athena, how fucking good? He's a smarty guy. How fucking good? He's so smart. Yeah. Amazingly smart. If we, hang on. If we, okay, if we're playing that game, I'm just curious. Who would you put Athena as if she... If not Athena, Annabeth as if Athena wasn't her mother? See, I want to say Hermes, but... Then you'd have to change Luke's. You don't have to. I'm just. Well, you do because she has a giant fucking crush on him. <laughs> no, I just mean in general. Like, curious, who else do you think that she could be a, a child of? Well, she'd be a good child of Ares, obviously. Yeah, I think she would be. I think good. she'd also be a good child of Hephaestus. Okay. Yeah. Because she's an architect, so yeah. she wants to build something. Yeah. So she I think that would work. Design something. She's not going to physically build yeah. it, but sure. I think her being either Aries... Yeah, I take back my Hermes. That, that was just attitude-wise that I'm like, oh, attitude should fit in with Hermes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, fully. Um, no, I reckon, everyone would fit in with Hermes. Because... I reckon Aries or Hephaestus. I don't think any of the goddesses would be... Like, any of the other goddesses would be no. her mother. Aphrodite, probably not. No. Artemis, she probably wouldn't so. be a hunter. No, I don't think though, she would Even though, you know, we had that conversation. I don't think she'd be a hunter. I don't think she would be, no. Hera, no. <laughs> Hestia, no. <laughs> Demeter, no. No. I think Hephaestus, yeah. She would be her parent. If if, if, she, if it wasn't a thing. Parent swap AU? <gasps> well, because I remember reading Greek Gods and it was, say, it, was, it was just mentioned in there that Hephaestus identified the most and had the most in common with Athena. And so yeah. he really wanted to be with her. And she was like, no, I'm a maiden. So <laughs> I'm a And virgin. he was like, oh, okay. He's like, but we yes, can I'll be best friends, right? I'm the one there. He was like, we'll be best friends though, right? And she was like, she was like, I guess. She was like, yes, okay, let's go make a sandcastle. Sandcastle. <laughs> Except not because the sand requires being close to the ocean and we all know it. Fucking hate to see! Okay, then we'll build a rock castle. <laughs> a mountain. <laughs> yeah, but a castle. Arguably, 
called. Yeah, a yeah. rock <laughs> A rock gossel is a gossel. <laughs> Yeah, but I just love that Percy literally, like, it's genius how he exploits their weak spot. It's just, yeah. he's so observant, and he doesn't think that he is. And even Like, he thinks he's so useless in these situations, and he's just flying by the seat of his pants, but he's actually so observant yeah, that he has to be, because he's narrating for the reader, so he has to be seeing all, this, all of these things so that things smart. don't, you know, seem like a Deus Ex Machina for us. And, like, even, at, like, but... It also seems to be that Annabeth is the only one who really notices how smart he is. Yeah, I other, love it. Other <laughs> than the gods, they don't count. Yeah, but like, we love because it. Because even Grover's like, yeah, no, Percy's kind of dumb. Like, you know, like, everyone's still like, But yeah. then we all look at Grover and go, Percy. yeah, you're also kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and then be like, we're connected. Sorry, you're Grover. also kind of fucking dumb. You thought coffee was the answer to fucking <laughs> But like, it is noted that um, Annabeth... <sighs> She's like, yeah, as much as I tease him, he, like, she's like, I do notice, but like, he's yeah. never lost a fight. No. Oh, he's, well. <laughs> like, he's never died. <laughs> like, like, being, see, now that's arguable. Being because himself. I, I am of the belief that when they fell into Tartarus in Mark of Athena, that they died. Really? Yes, but it's because the doors of death and everything, like, they weren't closed properly, the doors of Tartarus, and, like, nothing was closed properly, so... they so... just went back into the bodies. Yes, that's what I think. And they were already in Tartarus, so, like, they already had something to reform in. I think that they died on impact. Okay. Into the river. Even yeah, though Percy sure. made it come up and snap him up. Yep. Alright. So, yeah. Basically, Percy says, so Look, smart. if you hold off on killing my friends, I will clean your s- impossibly to clean stables. Yeah. And if I can do it, then you have to let us go. And Gyrion goes, well, that is impossible, so sure. He was like, yeah, just sunset. Bye. Yeah, basically. And that and is the end of... And they drive us the moonmobile. <laughs> <laughs> you know how when cars make a sound when they turn on? Yeah. I want, I want the revs of the moonmobile to be... <laughs> Can you believe it? it? So, in Chapter 9, I scoop poop. Percy manages to clean the stables and goes back to the ranch where Girion is barbecuing up a feast. But surprise, surprise, seems Girion had his fingers crossed while promising the demigods their freedom. So Percy kills him, and Euridian doesn't stop him. Instead, Euridian agrees to help raise some dead people. So, Percy is uh, kind of counting on his ability to speak to horses to be his help, like his saviour here. He also already knows how these stables work and how he kind of has an idea about how it's going to work because this he was, remembers Hercules yes task. this was one of Hercules tasks so this was Hercules's fifth labor was to clean the uh, Orgian stables so the horses themselves were the mares of Diomedes mm-hmm. they are four flesh-eating horses that also breathe fire <laughs> <laughs> which is Obama yeah and they belonged to wait so does that mean in, when we were reading this chapter, he just split up those into two separate horses? Because he said he raised horses for war that breathe fire, and he also raised flesh yes. horses. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they were so, both in the same right here. Yeah. So they belonged to uh, Diomedes, who was a giant, and he was the king of Thrace, um, and his parents were Ares, or his his godly parent was Ares. Um, 
and yeah, so the four horses, their names were Swift, Shining, Yellow, and Terrible. They had names in Greek, but I'm not going to attempt them. <laughs> Rick has sort of put two of Hercules' labours together for this activity. So the mares of Diomedes catching them was uh, Hercules' eighth labour, and cleaning the Augean stables was uh, Hercules' fifth labour. Right. So the stables themselves weren't anything to do with horses. They were just... Phil. Uh, yeah, they were this orgious. He basically had a herd of cattle and horses and goats and whatever that all were in these stables for um, 30 years just shitting everywhere. And nobody had time to clean out the stables because they were the best valued cattle and you know livestock in the city and they would help everybody move their farming and whatever each day... Um, you know, in and out of the city and, you know, to wherever they needed to go for transport, that nobody had time to clean these stables for 30 years. And so... That seems a bit lazy. Yeah. Eurystheus sent him to uh, Orgis, but then said, don't tell him that I sent you because he doesn't like me, um, but you need to clean his stables because it's an impossible task because it's 30 years of crap lining the walls. Yeah. And so... And did he also have a time limit? No, so Hercules went or just was like, look, I'm going to clean these stables for you, but you have to give me 10% of this fantastic cattle that you raise. And Orgis was like, you want to clean the stables? Absolutely, I'll give you 10%. Totally fine. Whatever. Um, and Orgis' son was in the room when that deal was made. And then Hercules brought Orgis' son to the stables to watch him clean everything out. Yeah, to make sure it was... Yeah. So basically Hercules tore a hole in two opposite sides of the walls of the stables and then directed he dug like a trench coming out of both of those holes and then let the river flow through the trench then through the stables and then out the other side yeah. and that cleaned out basically everything and then he you know went back to Orgeus but then by that point Orgeus had learned that Eurystheus had sent Hercules and was like I'm not friends with him I'm not accepting payment for this task you get nothing and Hercules was like no. <laughs> and Orgeus was like, well, take it up with a judge because I'm not giving you anything. So Hercules did. He took it to a judge and then he brought Orgeus' son forward as a witness to say, well, he promised he would pay me this and he hasn't done it. And the judge went, yeah, that sounds fair. You need to pay him for the job that he did. Right. Okay. And Orgeus went, well, fine, but I'm going to banish you from my city and banish my son. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so the son went off to live with an aunt somewhere else, and um, Hercules oh. took back the cattle to... No, he, he you know, well, yeah. he took his cattle and went back to Eurystheus and said, look, I did it. And then Eurystheus went, well, I don't want to count this labour because you got paid for it. So <laughs> this was one of the ones that wasn't counted. Then... There's only the, a lot of labours that don't count. <laughs> yeah. The, well, it's only two. The other one was the Hydra because someone else helped him kill it. Yeah, but he also got an extra two. <laughs> Yeah, because you got an extra two because the Orgeon stables and the Hydra didn't count oh, okay. in his tent. So then his eighth labour, which was to capture the mares of Diomedes, these flesh-eating, fire-eating horses. Horses. Uh, yeah, Hercules didn't know that they were wild and maddened because of their diet of human flesh. So when he went to go and get them from Diomedes, he basically left the horses in the care of his friend while Hercules went to fight Diomedes and was oh, like, shit. look, I'm taking them. Um, and then while he, oh, shit. while this was going on, Hercules managed to kill Diomedes, but then the horses killed Hercules' friend yeah, and ate him. him. Yeah. And so Fuck. when Hercules got back, 
uh, he realised that the horses had eaten his friend and was like, well, I need something to put me on their good side. So he brought Diomedes' body back and gave it to the horses oh to feed God. them and keep them calm. Jeez. And they basically were like, oh, okay, well, we'll do whatever you want because you might bring us another person to eat. And if you don't, we're going to eat you. So they let Hercules take them back to Eurystheus. Once they got back to Eurystheus, he basically... Hercules went off to do his next labour, and Eurystheus kind of set them free. Oh my god! <laughs> on the countryside, just letting them do whatever they wanted. Jesus! Yeah. That's... Um, that's and so, oh my god. once they, you know, roamed free of the countryside, they eventually roamed towards Olympus, and Zeus wasn't happy with these four flesh-eating horses no. on his mountain, so he sent, like, a bunch of wolves and lions and stuff to kill the horses, and they did. And that's pretty much the end of that. <laughs> yeah, so Rick's gone ahead and put these two separate labors into yeah. one task for Percy. And so he's relying on his ability to talk to horses to control them or to, you know, gain favor with them, and it doesn't work. So then he goes down to the river and goes, well, Hercules used this, so I'll use this too. But he's confronted by a naiad yes. who goes, please don't touch my river. Yes, and basically... She has this whole speech that's like, you're not going to do this. I'm not going to let myself be bullied by you. And it's not until she, you know, Percy sees that she's actually scared of him that he, because he's fully ready to just go, well, my friends are in trouble, so your my needs are bigger than yours. Yeah. Um, but, you know, not until he sees her being afraid of him that he's like, oh, I actually don't want people to be afraid of me, so I'm not going to ruin your life for the next hundred years yeah. with dirt and fucking crap everywhere through your yeah. life system. Yeah. So I rec- I love that he recognises that he's... I love that he recognises he's being a bully. Um, he doesn't want people to be afraid of him because he doesn't want to have that reputation because he can understand where she's coming from feeling used and feeling abused and feeling yeah. like a victim because he knows how that feels because he lived with Gabe and Gabe's dick. And just in general, he's doing all these tasks for Olympus and he's yeah. like, these guys are assholes. <laughs> yeah. But then she gives him the best advice ever. ever. It is the advice that puts him on his hero's journey and changes his mind view about his power exactly. it's for the, the rest of his life. It's the advice that grows, that makes it's him the game so powerful. It's the game changer. She like, absolutely... Yeah. She, she yeah. made him what he is. Up to this point, he's been viewing his power as Poseidon's power, and something that he's borrowing, and yeah. something that he only utilises when he really needs it. But this naiad says, look, the sea is in you as much as it's in me. It gives. It's my life source. It's my power. You can literally see I'm made of it. Yeah. Um, you also are. So figure this out because you're not using my river for this task, but you have it in you to figure it out for yourself. Be like you can. She's like this whole island. Everything we are on is w- uh, water. Water yeah. is the main thing. Salt or clear. Water is love. <laughs> water is love. Water is life. But it's like. He literally was like, not only are you the son of Poseidon, you're the son of the Earth Shaker. Yeah. You are both. You are all. You are. Yeah. You are. You are so powerful, you can control anything. And it's so good because he's finally starting to understand, like, the stakes of everything. And he's starting to understand his own part in the greater war and how he can utilize himself and his power and his knowledge and his wealth of knowledge. And he's starting to understand how much... 
other people, like, why other people are so intimidated yeah. by him. Because up until this point, he's been like, sure, I'm a son of Poseidon, but, but I'm, I'm a 14 year old yeah, child. But he's, like, he's like, I'm still just a little kid, and yeah. I still haven't, like, all I can do is flick water around. Yeah. But now he's like, Oh, but it's also I'm like this or- information <laughs> couldn't have come from a better source. If it had come from anyone else, we would not have the Percy that we have because this information is so humbling for him, and it's so like self-realization rather than like a big. And the reason, like, the information is coming from someone who is technically weaker than he is, so yeah. he doesn't see it as like someone who's bigger than he is trying to give him, you know, trying to use him. Yeah. And so him coming to terms with He properly with this, sees it as a gift yeah. instead of a manipulation tool. Yeah, and it's all because of this conversation with this one naiad who's like, you fucking idiot, open your eyes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, look how much I can see so, when my eyes no, are open. I love the first thing that he said to her, though, is that, you can talk? He's like, you talk? And she's like, yes, I'm not fucking stupid. He's like, yeah, well... Like the ones at your fucking camp. He was like, yeah, well, the most they ever get out of the ones that I know is giggling and waving and yeah. flicking water at me. That's it. And she's yeah. like, no, we talk. <laughs> About you. <laughs> That's why I know who you fucking are. Uh, skibby bitch. <laughs> So yeah, she um, basically tells him that the sea is inside you, you can find a way. It is so good. This is the reason it's my favorite. Yeah, she basically says, look, you can find, you can find a way. Where there's will, there's a way. And then he, you know, digs up some sand at his feet and there's a bunch of seashells in there and he goes, oh, well the sea, seashells is in the sea, so it's probably got some sea salt on it, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) He's like, I'm a season that. (laughs) (laughs) He's just salt bang. (laughs) Salt bang the seashells. He basically does, too. He does, yeah. (laughs) He goes back up to the what I was thinking was he was like I ran around throwing out the poo. I imagined him like a flower going yes, yes. yes. <laughs> out of his fanny pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm thinking of Sid the Sloth throwing around flowers and just playing. No, <laughs> so good. Yeah, and he basically, you know, puts the seashells in the piles so, of crap and then and just big so, geezers of water come out. While this is happening and he's throwing around seashells with a probably a twirl and a kick in his step, <laughs> Grover and Annabelle <laughs> ties and are tied up and gagged. And, and yeah, they're all like waiting for him, just sitting there like... <laughs> but also waiting for him and watching Girion get the barbecue ready to fucking <laughs> eat them. Yeah. Oh no, not eat them, but like, you know. But like, not shit. At least, t- yeah, tease yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, not shit, not shit. <laughs> Want a lick? Daddy's daddy's an alcoholic, <laughs> and you don't get one. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so good. So yeah, he's salt baying all of these uh, piles of shit with his seashells, and, and he's finally understanding his. He was like actually testing his power. Yeah. Properly, because he was like, I didn't think it was wor- it would work, and then all of a sudden, huh, it worked. And then <laughs> I actually tried to make it work harder, and oh my god, it, it did what I wanted it to. I can make, I can do this. Yeah, I can just. And so all of these like big shoots, like fountains of water, come out of these tiny little seashells. Basically, use up the seashell, 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 seashell. And um, <laughs> the horses are just watching this happen in like terror and like, no, don't give us a bath, I don't want it, damn it, we don't want it anymore, no, I don't want water wanting us. <laughs> and yeah, he washes away all the shit and then notices it's going towards the river and like basically shit bends and like <laughs> wrecks it away. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> it just turns it off. Well, another thing was is that in that moment when he was like, oh no, it's heading towards the river, it's going to kill the ecosystem, I just got a lecture, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want them to come out. Let me yell that again. Come on. Stop it. 
So yeah, basically then the horses agree not to eat anyone for a little while, and Percy goes, he's like, you know, wipes his hand and goes, yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> and then, yeah, goes back to the house feeling pretty chuffed with himself. Sorry, can I just say, he was like, he ran full pelt across the whole farm. Yeah, well, they didn't like, leave him a movable. I was like, that's a really long way. And then he showed up, and he started yelling at Chiron. And I was like, Brandon <laughs> was Chiron. like, no, Chiron. But, that would be warranted. <laughs> yeah, at Garyon. I was like, yeah, he's not yelling. He's standing there like, Listen, he's so, listen, he's so, he's gonna, I did it. Excuse the breather. Like, that's what I pictured. I was like, he can't actually form sentences. And then, and then Garyon's there like, um, no. <laughs> Garyon's there like, uh, no, psych. I'm yeah. selling you, and he's like, oh, "I gotta fight you." Like, I fucking <laughs> cleaning for you, bitch. But I just, I just imagined him getting ready to fight, still like panting, <laughs> yeah. being like, oh! pulls out his sword. Durian's oh! yeah. basically like, "Thanks for the free labor, but I'm still gonna get paid for it." Like. <laughs> Two birds with one stone, you know? Yeah. Is basically what he's, you know. He's like, I'm going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. And then Percy doesn't like that. So. No. He, yeah. You know, decides, you know, well, then you have to die. And yeah, I love that yeah. he um, prays to Apollo and Artemis. Yeah. Like, he runs inside, grabs a weapon, grabs and it's a bow and arrow. And because uh, Garyon, because he has three hearts, you have to stab all three hearts at the same time yeah. in order for him to die. And yeah, because so Percy, well, Percy tries the stab trick first with, you know, and his then, And then Garen tells him how to defeat him. Yeah. He's like, haha, nice try. I have the per- perfect backup <laughs> system. I have three hearts. You can't kill me because I have. You the- cannot defeat he's me! He's like, killing, and he's like, stabbing one heart doesn't kill me. And so Percy's like, alright, so I have to stab all three. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. He gets them talking till they say their own weak spot. Exactly. You got me monologue! <laughs> <laughs> Sly dog, you got yeah. me. So then he prays for to, it every time. Yeah. He prays to Apollo and Artemis for you know surefire accuracy yeah, yeah. with his bow. <laughs> yeah. And yep, lo and behold, it, it it works. And Girion goes, "No, they told me you were a terrible shot. This is never." And I'm like, yeah. "Who told you?" First of all, probably. yeah, that's what I mean. Well, I was told like, him. they told me you couldn't shoot, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh, well informed, Percy. Yeah. You're a spot of gossip around the joint." But yeah, he um, shoots all three hearts, like Katniss shot the apple out of the pig mouth, so... Yeah. You know, he's, he, he was a good shot. And then Girion, you know, turned Lucky to... Shot. ...dust and whatever else. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to think that... And then Percy, you know, throws all the meat in the fire as, as a sacrifice, sacrifice to yeah. the gods and they hear thunder and this and whatever else. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to think that it was Artemis who helped him. It wasn't. Don't you know who helped him? No. Oh, wasn't it Hesiod? No. Who helped him? Hera. Was it? Yeah. Oh. Because she was like, you, she made, because they started bitching out Hera to her face, and she was like, you have no idea how much I had a hand in your success in this quest. Oh. She was like, I blessed you, and yada, he was like, I helped Percy, I did all this. Oh, that's right. She starts showing her cards again. (laughs) See, I would have liked for it to be Artemis as like a thank you for being friends with Zoe kind of thing. That would have been nice, Yeah, (laughs) Must be nice! (laughs) (laughs) That would have been cool, yeah. But yeah. it, no, it wasn't. Sorry, sadly. Spoiler, it was Hera. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so, uh, Percy helps untie his friends, and Eurydian's just, like, watching and being like... <laughs> Eurydian's like, nah, okay. <laughs> means I don't have to do any work. He was like, well, you burnt my dinner, but alright. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that. 
You threw my sandwich. <laughs> really disrespectful. You threw my sandwich away. away. Uh, yeah. yeah, so then uh, Uridian doesn't stop them. He's basically like, look, I've had this dickhead on my back He's for, the like, last, Fine. <laughs> for the last how many years, so now I at least get to tend to this ranch in peace. Yeah. Woo! Me and my Sorry. dog running the joint. <laughs> <laughs> running the joint. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, basically Nico is wrecked with grief. <laughs> well, like, wrecked. Nico's like, I didn't want your help! <laughs> Yeah, but he like it doesn't he like refu- is refusing to let them even talk about helping him. No. Like he yeah. he just completely refuses for them to have any part in anything and And then the most heartbreaking sentence is that Percy's like, You've been trying to summon Bianca and he's going, Bianca won't come to me. She won't even speak to me. She yeah. won't see me. And Percy was like, And what a depressing statement that would be when Percy was like, Let's try again tonight. I have a feeling she'll come. And Nico was <laughs> Because like, I'm here. Yeah, and Nico was like, Why would you think that? He's like, Because I'm here. She'll come because I'm here. Yeah. And I also love that they feel safe enough to, uh, you know, contemplate summoning her because Uridian tells them that uh, Luke and. Kronos don't know anything about Nico yet because Girion was waiting until after dinner to tell them, and so Luke, uh, Nico's still in the clear, he's still safe, and yeah. so Percy and Annabeth still have a chance to save shelter him. him and save yeah. him from And he's like, I don't want your shelter, I don't want your help, and he's like, I don't want to be yeah. a part of anything to do with you, and it's like, Nico, you yeah. just need a hug, hugs are healing. Yes. And then, so yeah, Percy says, look, if we try and summon her now, I have a feeling that she'll come. And Nico's like, why would you think that? Why would you think she'd come for you? And then Percy goes, because she's been sending me Iris messages. Because and I'm she's like, she's the one who's yes. been helping me look out for you. And I love that she's still helping Percy yes. look out for her little bro. I love Absolutely. that this is her way of caring for him. Even though I'm like, you could have just like sent him one message. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> like you could have gone once and been like, stop calling me. Well, didn't she say stop looking? Oh no, it's in in this when she says stop. It's looking in the next chapter. Yeah. yeah, that she's like, dude, stop it. Yeah, she's but like, I love that Percy's still being so gentle and still being so like nurturing to Nico that he's trying to do everything he can to bring Nico back from the edge that he's dangerously close to falling off. Yeah, yeah, it's really cute. Big brother really Percy, sad. we love this. It's. It's, it's it's so cute and so sad that I can't even gush too much over because it's just such a depressing yeah. statement that we and have to take it seriously. Uridian basically goes, yeah, I mean, seems like perfect night to raise the dead. He's like, do yeah, it. I got a sewage pit out back. Like, that <laughs> like, I guess. Like, I've got nothing better to do now that my boss is dead, so, like, he's, let's do it. He's like, my boss is dead. I get to pick what we watch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> which, which, which. But, yeah. And then that was the end of the chapter. That is, yep, the end of chapter nine and the end of this long fucking episode, but that is, I mean, this episode's been fun This as episode was so fun. Fun as shit. This is, it's been a while, since, like, the last yes. two we did were fun, but they're not as fun as mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. This is the funnest. The funnestest. Um, but yeah, so come back next week, guys, because we're doing chapters 10 to 12 of the Battle of the Labyrinth. We are meeting oh, another love interest. It's so much drama. So fun. This book has what, like six love interests? <laughs> yeah, just refer to our meme from episode one of this book. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's fighting for Percy's love, and he's like, um, Annabeth. <laughs> At this point, he's the biggest dork, so who would give it to him besides Annabeth? And Calypso, but we'll get into that. <laughs> And Rachel. And Bacon. No, I mean, like, who would actually, like, give it up to him? 
Calypso and Annabeth are the only ones. Rachel wouldn't, because she's... I feel like Beckendorf would. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke, no. <laughs> and Nico's in grieving mode, so maybe not. Yes, but. yes. So yes, chapter 10 to 12. I feel, I feel like so if Percy good. pushed him, pushed the right buttons, he could get Nico. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. possible. It yeah, is yeah. definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. So, 10 to 12, that's next week on the pod. Mm-hmm. Guys, come and follow us on Instagram. We are at DamnSnackBarPod. If you want to email us, send us an Irish message because, you know, fun. Yeah. At DamnSnackBarPod at Outlook.com. Yeah. Our personal socials are down in our description. So just go have a hunt yeah. for them, guys. It's Figure it out. You know, it's easy enough. We hate repeating this. <laughs> it's, we feel stupid. <laughs> Figure it out. It's easy enough. And, yeah, this episode's been too fun. So much fun. Oh, my God. I like, <laughs> don't want to end it, but then again, I'm hungry. They're just getting longer and longer with every... The closer we get to The Last Olympian, so, or the end of The Last Olympian, I should say. Uh, because we have more to talk about. Because We do. Is. We do. All right. Okay. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Dun, 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 dun.